1: The Andy J Podcast. The Andy J Podcast. The Andy J Podcast. Hey, welcome to the very latest Andy J podcast. I hope you're having an excellent week. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about today's guest. It's actually my second time of chatting to him on this show. It is the brilliant Jason Foxy Fox from SAS Who Dares Wins. And today, well, our conversation is slightly different. Previously, we have had a good old chat about him and his ethos and his life. And at the time, I believe it was last November that we spoke, we were also talking about the book that he just brought out. And he was very much drawing on his military expertise and the things that he had seen in combat and beyond, and just in in his life in general, a life of resilience and toughness and achievement. He was giving us tools, almost like a life coach in his previous book. Now, today we are talking about a new show, Foxy's Fearless 48 Hours, where he spends time with a couple of celebrities, one per episode, and gets them through a mighty challenge. A little bit, a little bit, channeling Bear Grylls. You know, there's the Bear Grylls show where he does sort of crazy wild adventures with big celebrities, for example, Obama, and so on. Um, Well, there's a little bit of this to the series, and you can catch it now on all four. Anyway... He just so happens to have one of my all-time favourite people as one of the lead guests, Rob Delaney. And so the minute I was given the opportunity to chat to Foxy again, we got on great last time. So firstly, I want to talk to him because he's a great bloke, really good guy. And secondly, I got a chance to see the show, thought it was brilliant, and it's got Rob Delaney in. I mean, that's actually three things. A hat trick of things. So he is terrific company. I hope you'll enjoy this chat. It's insightful, it's fascinating, it's moving. Uh, there was a moment during our conversation where I found myself welling up a little bit because I'm a sensitive thing like that sometimes. So I'm just warning you, there might be a hanky out moment uh, a little bit, little bit during the show. But uh, as a general rule, it's just a lovely, fun, engaging chat and he's really, really good company. Top, top man. Little note about next week. For those of you that are following, subscribing, whatever it's called these days, this pod, you'll see it land... We have the wonderful, the nation's favourite fitness legend, Mr Joe Wicks. He's joining us on the show next week. I'm really looking forward to that. Looking forward to you hearing it too. I'm really looking forward to chatting to Joe, actually. I've no idea where the conversation's going to go yet. I know a fair bit about him now, but I just think it's one of those things where I don't really want to plan. I just want to chat and see what happens. Kind of like I did with this, frankly. I'd watched the show and I knew Foxy from before. So, look, enjoy it. This is it. The Brilliant Jason Fox The Andy J Podcast I am thrilled to welcome well there's the return of a hero frankly last year we caught up in November last year and we, we didn't just create a new nickname for him which was Hollywood Hollywood I think we set the world on fire with a whole bunch of different ideas. He's a former Royal Marine Commando who now shouts at celebrities for a living. He's the fearless Mr. Jason Foxy Fox. How you doing,
2: Jason? How's it going? You all right, Andy?
1: I feel that I should be calling you Hollywood just because it's only me that does that.
2: <laughs> you can call me that if you want. I quite like the name. Yeah.
1: Well, you seemed to approve <laughs> of it last time. I felt like you were going to yeah, wear it as a badge of honour.
2: Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I now haven't. But I've, right. it's a it's a it's a work in progress. I'll do it after this.
1: <laughs> You've crushed me from the off. Well, to be fair, yeah. it's it's a bit difficult because you are known on screen as Foxy now, which makes it yeah. really hard to shake that.
2: It does, yeah. It is, uh, but then that's what, to be fair. That's what I've been known as since I was a kid. I was called Foxy in my house. So were my other brothers. So was my dad. <laughs> my grand my granddad was called Foxy. So. Yeah, it was it's... very confusing for my mum when the phone went and someone <laughs> asked for Foxy. She was like, well, which one?
1: Which one do you want? Yeah, mm. that's, I mean, that's stuff. I've been trying to think of celebrities that have successfully rebranded, right? And there's, the one that stands out is Prince. Yeah, he,
2: he, he... did it. He did it a few times, didn't he?
1: Yeah, Snoop Dogg.
2: So, hang on, what happened with Snoop? Was he Snoop Dogg and then Snoop?
1: He was Snoop Doggy Dogg, he was Snoop... Okay, yeah. You know, he'd had a few different things, hasn't he? Then yeah. And he was just Snoop for a while. I imagine it yeah. was connected to changing with record labels, but I don't know. I haven't asked him.
2: <laughs> probably.
1: <laughs> it might, probably. Be, might be a publishing rights thing. So maybe if you ever leave Channel 4 and go to, I don't know, Sky, then maybe that'll be the time to reintroduce a new name. But at the moment, I, we've got to say... Yeah,
2: the facts, I, thing is, I, I haven't got a... I haven't got that worry because I'm not actually, I'm not like attached to anyone. It just so happens that Channel 4 are nice to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that helps. But also, mm. cementing the Foxy name, it's only in the name of your new show, for goodness sake, Foxy's Fearless 48 Hours. We can't change that to Hollywood now, can we?
2: No, I'm afraid not. Sorry. It might have been a little misleading, to be fair.
1: I'm fighting an uphill battle, I feel, with the name. Yeah,
2: you are, yeah. We're it's are difficult... Original nicknames that you've had for a long time are difficult to shake, aren't they?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's not much. It's it's set and that's okay. We're good with it. We're good with it. We'll (laughs) stick with Foxy. I mean, look, you and I had a really lovely chat last November when we kind of dug a little bit into your life, but I felt there was a lot we didn't get to explore. And actually, when you look at the new show, so we saw those of those of us who are keen that watched Rob Delaney last week. Because it's every, well, I mean, there's two episodes and it's 10 p.m. Channel 4 on a Sunday night. So we still have one to go. That's Maya Jammer. Or, of course, the whole series is available on all four. The two episodes in particular are available on all four. Uh, Let's start with Rob Delaney, right? Because this is a fascinating guy. Tell me Mm. the premise of the show first. Then we'll talk about Rob and the specifics. What's the (laughs) basis of the show? Foxy's Fearless 48 Hours.
2: So the basis of the show is... You can sit down and talk to people, can't you? But you uh, but you never know, especially in the celebrity world, whether you're getting the real person, because it's easy to sit there and say X, Y, and Z. Whereas when you take people out of their comfort zone and push them a little bit, you do get to see the real them. It's very difficult to, to keep up that facade, to keep the barrier up, and so... And also, I'm doing everything with them. It's not like I'm not there coaching them for it. I'm doing it with them. And I am also scared in certain scenarios. Not scared, scared, but, you know, I, I feel fear and I know how to manage it. And so you see me on that journey. And I think that also goes, you know, very well into breaking down other people's barriers because they realize that you're in something together and you're not on your own. So the premise is basically me and a guest going on an adventure and chatting about stuff yeah everyday life stuff experiences you know nightmare situations or good situations it doesn't matter either or All and just getting a feel for who that person is and if i'm honest it is like going on a 48 hour work like it's like going on a long weekend style holiday but doing some crazy stuff in the in 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 between.
1: There's definitely some crazy stuff. I thought you were going to say yeah. it was a bit like a forty-eight hour speed date, which was going to take a whole different tangent.
2: No, that's. I'll leave that for someone else to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different kettle of fish. That. It's a
1: different thing. Although you you picked a couple of choice dates if that was the if that was the solution what i will say though is is that i mean look we're going to talk about specifics in a moment but what i will say is i don't know how you feel about this but i feel that this is the sort of most honest most open rawest version of you on telly we've seen we know how kind of open you've been with battle scars your book and in depth yeah. with life under fire but not actually on screen You know what I mean? We Mm. we see you as the man in control, the man barking the orders and telling people to push through it and all that. We don't see you as the guy on edge who is having to take deep breaths and calm yourself and take a moment and
2: all of that. I think um, you know. I watched uh, obviously watched the first step with um, my missus, and she was like, like, oh my god, that is it's just you. And I'm like, yeah, I just wanted it to be like I was actually on holiday, and you get to see me. As well as the real whoever it is I'm with, you know, Rob or Maya. Um, the thing with SAS is, even though that is also me, I'm not like I'm not creating a character and and projecting it onto the show because ultimately it is that is the person I was in the military. You know, whenever I was on a training team as a DS and I would take a course, I would probably like what I am minus. Talking to people like utter bits and pieces of you know poo, I was still that sort of person that was in a in a in a position of some form of control that I had to adopt a, a dynamic that projected himself in a certain way, and so you know that is who I am given the role that I'm in. But this is more about I think it's just real. It's a bit more real. There's there's no need to have a position of power or there's no need to be projecting myself to people in a certain way, because it's two people, on an adventure, basically.
1: Yes. Well, I think also part of it, Jason, is probably the screen time. You know, in in SAS, for example, yes, of course, we're acutely aware of you, but there's also a bunch of members of Joe public or celebrities who are going through these ordeals, it's natural that we're going to follow their character arc, whether they can get through the barriers and stuff, more than necessarily you guys that are dishing out the challenges. Whereas in Foxy's Feelers 48, that's a completely different thing. You know, you're the the title subject, for goodness sake. You're setting the challenges and doing them yourself. You have more.
2: Well, yeah, I think it is more about the other person, but obviously there's only two of us living together, so... Yeah, it is. There's, there's, there's a bit more of me, if anyone's interested in that. I, th-
1: I think there's a lot more of you. And there's there's something that I'd like to talk to you about. So it's Rob Delaney. Anyone that saw it on Channel 4, he was on last week. If not, mm. you've got to see this episode on All 4. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk Maya in a moment. But Rob is the wow. most fascinating character. If anyone doesn't know who he is, in the show you call him an actor. He's he's a lot more than that. He's a stand up <laughs> comedian. Is. He was in Hollywood yeah. movies, of course. But he's yeah. also a great writer, catastrophe and so on, with Sharon Horgan. I mean he's a very well known guy. And yeah. he's also he's sort of also well known as being a big guy. You know, physically the guy is tall. He's a he's a unit, isn't he? He
2: he is a unit and obviously in the show I do Intro him as an actor, and I tried to. There's a little bit of pit, bit bit of fun taking there, so um, yeah. I don't actually mean it. But the man is an, an absolute genius. I mean, he wrote with. Um, just said her name, Sharon. Yeah, he, he wrote with Sharon Catastrophe and starred in it. Yeah, he's written he's written an amazing book, his biography, and he is probably one of the funniest, naturally funniest people. I've ever met, and I was I, if I'm honest, I was super excited about meeting him because I've obviously seen catastrophe, and I also um, really like his character in Deadpool 2
1: Yes, yes, which is absolutely brilliant when he skydives and everything—absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, but but the fact of the matter is that there are two sort of big big moments in Rob's life, two huge moments of, of challenge and sadness, which I don't know if yeah. you knew about. I don't want to sort of make assumptions, but but lots of the people that watch Catastrophe and so on don't realise this this darkness that he has in his life. And the nice. first the first one, let's go through them both because I'd like to see how mm-hmm. they relate to you as well, Jason, because watching the show and seeing how the two of you reacted and interacted and, and your reactions to what he was telling you, I thought were well, fascinating. The, the first one is he talks mm-hmm. about his alcoholism, his car crash yeah. when he was younger, he'd been heavily drinking, had a bad relationship with booze and he had a yeah. massive car crash. And he explained to you that it was only when he came out of the car crash, the first thing he said is, did I did I hurt anyone? And he was so relieved yeah. he didn't. He realised he had to stop. Now, yeah. from reading and you and I chatting previously, I know that sort of depression and addiction are things that you yourself have had to face.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean... It was. They're different. You know, we were on. We we're on different journeys. But yeah. ultimately, you can you can draw the parallels. And when he was talking, I was like, "Yeah, wow." That's-. But to be fair, he's, what I will say about Robbie, he's, ver- he's very much a human. He's really, really in touch with being a human. You know, he the first thing he cares about is other people and how they. You know, even before I'm sure he was like that before he was drinking, and that's why he became. Two and obviously was like, right, that is it. You know, I've done something where I could have injured and hurt someone, maybe even killed them. And so I'm gonna, you know, that was his turning point. That was his moment where he was like, right, that's it. I'm making a change. But yes. yeah, it was, you know, it's a it's a powerful story. He's got some great stories about his, you know, AA meetings that he goes to and stuff like that as well. Yes. Which he, the, the thing I like about Rob is. No matter what he's talking about, he will always bring an element of light to it through, not like deliberate comedy, but he will find the funny in something to lighten the mood of a subject, if that makes
1: sense. Yes, it does. Yes. But I'll tell you what was really interesting watching it was when he was explaining it, because it's a story I'd heard before. You know, I follow him very closely. I I think he's amazing. And like you, Mm. he's someone I'd love to spend 48 hours with. I think he'd be incredible company. But what was interesting is sort of in the in the preamble in the build up, you know, you'd had a laugh about him being an actor, and you'd set him this great big challenge because the whole the whole show builds to this kind of horrible thing that you you two have to do together, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, you know, it's up to you whether you want to share it or not. But the the point is, you kind of almost put it on the line in the voiceover and the narrative and whatever else. that He's just an actor, you know. What's he gonna What's he gonna do? How is he gonna be able to kind of dig deep and do this? I hope he can, but I don't know if he can. Kind of vibe. And then the minute he started telling you about this challenge that he's had and 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 his alcoholism and so on I felt like you were aware that he could tap into a resilience and it was Mm. almost like your appreciation and respect for his skill set was just suddenly transformed like that you were just immediately like well hang on this is a guy I can connect with
2: yeah so the way it worked was I knew I I knew who Rob was obviously because of his what he's been in I didn't know an awful lot about him, so I basically tapped into a few things. I got his book, but I deliberately didn't read it before I met him because I wanted it to be me talking to him to be an actual journey. Yeah. And it was so difficult, you know, when you sort of meet just before you start filming. It's so difficult for me not to ask. I wanted to ask him then, but I just had to say. So basically when we first met, I didn't even say anything really because I didn't want the conversation to go where it naturally would into the exploratory side of it and me ruin what was going to be real life, me finding out. As we did, as you said, you know, he was telling me about, you know, his experiences with, you know, alcoholism and the, the turning point. I'm rambling a little bit, but when we when we were talking about what the show's about, it's about, oh, Foxy, you know, helping these people find their resilience because he has to find it himself on certain occasions and blah, blah, blah. It was only after I started to talk to Rob that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to offer Rob. Do you know what I mean? I said, you know, he's a, he's a very intuitive person. He's very clever. He's very in tune with himself. And although he might be scared, he's going to be able to coach himself through these things. If anything, I was probably picking up stuff off him.
1: Well, there was an amazing moment where the roles were reversed, which is just mm. before you had to jump, he used your words <laughs> back on you because you'd been explaining to him about how you can he control did. the metre around you. You control your yeah. metre environment.
2: He was, I'm sure he was mocking me. <laughs> oh, I was like looking at him going I was like shut up yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you were,
1: you were uncomfortable we don't see you uncomfortable often and you were uncomfortable and yeah he used oh, those no. words
2: yeah. I, I do put myself into uncomfortable situations because I do like it uh, it just so happens on this show you get to see me uncomfortable which i think is a good thing you know it's good that people know that we're all human it
1: sure is yeah no you're it <laughs> very it's a gripping watch i gotta say it's it's a sort of buddy movie with jeopardy if you know what i mean
2: yeah there, yeah there is yeah there's jeopardy yeah that's for sure
1: there's plenty there's, there's almost too much it has me shredding but yeah. i mean here's the thing the other the other big revelation from rob which Mm. You talk about, you don't go to huge detail in the show, I think for sensitive reasons, but he talks about the death of his son, Henry, which I've heard him discuss before. And I mean, I I cry every time I think about it Uh, as a parent myself and you're a parent. I mean, you know what he, he, as he says to you, you know, you think about the Mm. worst thing any parent could imagine is the death of a child, their child. And he's had to experience that and he's had to live through it. And (laughs) I could also see as he was telling you and he's he's got to the point where it's almost a matter of fact explanation which in itself is uh, is heartbreaking. Yeah. And I could just see you there and, and we don't see you fold often because you're physically huge but I could see you just sort of crumbling with the sadness of it. It
2: is. It's a dev- devastating story. I mean, not just his. There's obviously many like it but to be in front of someone that is telling you and he did go into a lot of detail. You know, the, the show did show a lot of um, restrain and respect for yes. a good reason. Yes, I but, thought so. Yeah, I mean it's brutal, absolutely brutal. And then he talks about, you know, how he was after that, you know, for a period of time, the the sort of grieving period and how dark that must have been. You know, he was still doing stand up, which is not not just during the, you know, the prolonged illness, but also afterwards. And he wrote another series of catastrophes. Mm. I mean, it's. I mean, all those things obviously play into how he puts pen to paper, probably. But it is it is a tough, tough story to listen to, and know that the person in front of you telling it is part of it. I mean, yeah, the resilience that that man has got is unbelievable. Yes, is uh, impressive.
1: Yes, I mean, did you find that you learnt? from him i know that you've dealt with all sorts of horrors in your life but as you say that that raw experience of somebody sharing something so shattering it it can only affect you
2: yeah i think you know we probably all have our different interpretations on what grit and determination through hardship is and it's always good to listen to someone else's take on it you just learn another another you're given another tool hopefully if you can interpret what they're saying there's another tool there for you to use if you wish and i definitely got that from rob if that makes sense it's difficult to really explain what i took from it but i know that i did and if something happens in my you know life that requires me to tap into a different sort of pool of resilience i think i will definitely use rob's for sure is his, his you know, the way he explained things will help me find a resilient pool, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a remarkable man. So it was it was compelling viewing, seeing the two of you on screen together. I think you both you've both achieved so much in life that people can learn from and people can aspire to be like, that to see the pair of you mm. together, even in this sort of, you know, set up thing where you're gonna leap off this blooming great viaduct i mean (laughs) you know it's it was it was very moving it was a much more i sort of in the opening credits i sort of thought to myself okay all right we we get the gist you're gonna put him out of his comfort zone you're gonna make him do a jump he doesn't want to do and maybe he will maybe he won't and can you get (laughs) him to that point but actually it was so much more than that there were so many more layers to it and it was yeah i mean quality really quality viewing well done man (laughs)
2: Thank you very much. There's a great team behind. I've got to say, actually, it is the best thing I've been involved in this shoot. It is so enjoyable. Like, the crew, my journey within it. I'm sure other people will say opposite to what I've said, but as far as I'm concerned, everyone was brilliant. Everyone pulled together. We had a great laugh. The weather, for some reason, was great on each time we went away to Wales, (laughs) which is almost unheard of. but, (laughs) But, yeah, it was... It was, um, I'm glad that you found that there was more layers to it because that was the intention.
1: It was really strong. It was really strong. And then, then of course, your second guest, Maya Jammer, who's, if anyone doesn't know, she's a TV presenter. She's a radio host. She's something of an influencer in in terms of Instagram, big old social media following and so on. And a fascinating young lady. Big age difference between the two of you. This is the thing. There was a real contrast between your guests. You know, you and Rob were, were kind yeah. of similar in physique. I mean, obviously you're more toned, but nonetheless, similar in age, yeah. similar in terms of your life baggage, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then we have mm-hmm. the much younger than you, Maya Jammer, who is a, a, a glamorous young lady. And, I don't want to say too much because I'm mindful that the episode hasn't gone out yet. I'm in a privileged position of having seen it. But what I will say is that your approach to her is very different to Rob's. Whilst you go in almost respecting Rob from the outset... You don't really want to talk to Maya, to start with.
2: Do I not? No, it come across it's so really nice?
1: uncomfortable. You're in the car together and you're just silent. because. And we've got your voiceover narrative going, I don't know if she's going to take this seriously. This might just be something she does for Instagram. I certainly don't know if she's got the stones to draw on what she needs and all the rest of it. And it, you're just kind of watching the two of you kind of going, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Foxy, so the way Foxy you- doesn't like her. <laughs>
0: it was
2: really oh, crazy. No. It wasn't that. It was. I think there was probably a level of anxiety for me with regard to. I wanted her to feel comfortable, but the problem was, in my mind to begin with, was a huge age gap. Not huge, huge, but big enough.
1: What are you, for, and, 45? I mean, I was, She's
2: 28. 45. Yeah. I was 40. She, I was 44 when we filmed that. I had my birthday the day we did that final challenge on it. <laughs> but oh, I know, no. I know. What a oh, birthday treat. I know. Treat. Oh, oh, I, know. I know. And um, I think she was 27. Okay. But anyway, either way, you've got the right. You, it's all right. But I mean, yeah, I could be a, a dad. <laughs> and I and I, I'm I'm not, but I could, you know, you know, it is in the realm. That of would the be an exclusive, wasn't got, it? Would, Hang yeah. on, we've yeah, got yeah, an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we got her on for. <laughs> but, um, but ultimately, I was like, well, bloody hell, she's cool. Been on TV. I have watched her on the Peter Crouch thing she did last year, which I really liked, and I really liked her on it. But ultimately, you know, I'm an ex-military guy knocking on the middle-aged. Category within life and you know what would we have in common and would there be a common ground for us to chat and yeah there was
1: yeah yeah I mean you you, you click <laughs> and, again I'm not going to spoil anything things get better but it is
2: frosty to start with <laughs> yeah I'm always frosty mate
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that I mean that was the other thing that was curious is she, is she seemed really determined to kind of impress you either to to just talk you to death or to impress you with with her resilience and the fact that she was determined to achieve.
2: But, she is a determined character, I'll give her that. She, but she really wa- she,
1: she wanted you to say that, like, she was the celebrity who had impressed you the most. And I'm thinking to yourself, mm. hang on, have you never watched SAS? Because Because there are some people on there that have an enormous journey. And comparatively, mm. hers was, like, quite a lot easier than what some have to go through, wasn't it?
2: On the show or yeah. in life. Yeah, no, on
1: the show. I'm talking about the show, not in life.
2: On the, well there's it is different because we do you know what, actually? So on SAS we, we take them and we absolutely rinse them. <laughs> they do get rinsed. But what is different about this one is obviously there's no rinsing. It's all fun. We have a great time. Yeah. We talk about serious things and we talk as I've said before, you know, and 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 fun stuff. But at the very beginning of each episode, I show them what they're going to be doing in two days' time. Now that is complete on SAS. They don't know anything. They turn that's up true. and they have to do it, and that's actually a better way. The amount of times I've been in, the, you know, in the Special Forces, and when you yeah. haven't got time to think about jumping out of a plane into blackness, that is better than when you're like, oh God, I'm waiting to do this thing, and you know, the, the, the tension builds and whatever. Whereas. For these, both Rob and Maya, you're presented with looking at from the perspective of whatever we're either climbing up or leaping off. And then it's like, right, we're coming back to this in two days. You better be ready. So yeah, that's mean. I think it's, uh, yeah, it is mean. I did actually feel with Maya, and I'm not going to give anything too much away, but I did have later that night, I was struggling with the fact that I was like, have I, you know, have I sort of bitten off a bit more here than she can chew? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it is mean. You're coming back to this spot to do this thing that yeah. you really don't want to do in two days' time. And we are doing it. It's going to yeah. constantly be g- on your mind.
2: And, I, and I'm going to do some scary things in between yeah. to get you to the right place the right place to do this thing
1: yeah here's a bunch of like, horrible things to fill your time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah yeah so i think the dynamic is slightly different there's no burpees there's no press ups, there's no shouting but there's just that sort of psychological horror lurking in the back of your brain
1: <laughs> it is actually when you put it like that it's seriously mean
2: yeah <laughs> damn it, <laughs> it wasn't supposed it wasn't supposed to be mean it's difficult to go through life without being mean <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no, I'm joking.
1: No, that's uh, there's there's the quote for for the poster. It's difficult, yeah. it's difficult to go through life without being mean. <laughs> oh
2: my god that's, that's a get out of jail for loads of criminals uh right let's ignore that
1: <laughs> he said it so i'm i'm quoting it yeah it's a tough one but i love i mean you know two very different individuals two very different challenges two very different stories to tell and yeah. and yet the show has the same dna and that's because you're right there at the heart of it basically on a mission to help them through it
2: yeah um it is a journey that we do together which i love about it you know we are sharing the anxiety i'm not gonna lie the maya one i was like for two days as well i was like you know even though i presented her with what the challenge was i've also presented it to myself and i'm like "Ah, for god's sake why do i do this but anyway i do do it but I, i i'd like to add maya is actually she has had a bit of she hasn't had it easy you know she's in a great position now as a young woman who's successful and, she, you know, she's got a business and all this sort of stuff. And, yeah, you know, she she grew up in quite a, you know, it wasn't a privileged sort of upbringing that she came from. And she's, she's experienced and endured a few things that needed a bit of resilience to, to grip hold of.
1: Yes, I think she's a hugely impressive character. I thought I thought it was great that you had her on the show. And actually, she used a phrase. And again, I'm not giving anything away. This is just a little mm-hmm. nugget that she used, which is something we all know. And yet we, we don't use it as a phrase often enough. Pressure makes diamonds.
2: Yeah. I like the way that, I, that that used to be a saying of mine, but now it's on screen for her. She's stolen it. But <laughs> no, you're right. You, say, you right. say things
1: like you can't go through life without being mean to people. She says pressure make diamonds. You know, that's... <laughs>
2: I never. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Classic, (laughs) classic, classic twisting. But no, you're right. She did say that. And and ultimately, if we look at the science, that is, you know, if you want to be a diamond person, you've got to put yourself under pressure. So, yeah, it's true. You know, we, we don't develop as people without, you know, jumping off the deep end and learning how to swim. If we, if we, sat in the sun lounge all the time we wouldn't really develop as people to be honest that's so it's true. always good to step step out of your comfort zone i think
1: yeah no you're absolutely right i mean you get a heck of a tan if you just hung out on the sun lounger but yes
2: you would but that's not always good either is it <laughs> no it's
1: not long term long term is yeah. leathery skin yeah no it's, especially not at our age you and i are very similar in age so yeah no it yeah wouldn't, wouldn't work for us we'd be in trouble
2: we would massively yeah <laughs>
1: I mean, look. There's an idea for you, right? You've called it Foxy's Fearless Forty Eight Hours, but and yet you want to obviously reclaim that kind of that empowering thing, rather than being known for telling people to be mean. Why don't you call the mm. next the next or oh, do a do a book called Foxy's Diamonds, where you could profile the people that have really impressed you. Hello, I'm Amber. I work with the team that bring you this show and the Driven Chat podcast, and we love that you're listening. It would be really cool if you could just chuck us five stars, subscribe, and tell your friends. Thank you. J
2: podcast. You could do. I might. Yeah, I'll probably end up getting looked into by the fraud squad or the police <laughs> for, for smuggling. They'll probably <laughs> think it's a, it's a cover for something else. It's but yeah, no, that's a good point.
1: It's an Ocean's Eleven kind of
2: vibe. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Now, look, last time we spoke, we talked about some of the amazing things you've done, like kayaking the Yukon River and rowing the Atlantic and all these kind of amazing things. And it occurred to me yeah. afterwards, you know what it's like once you've spoken to someone, and you must have had this with all this kind of celebrity access that you've had and the, the conversations you've had with these fascinating folk. After them, once once they've gone, you think of things you meant to say, and hang on, what about that? And wanted to ask them about that, et cetera. And there's something in your kind of CV that I failed uh-huh. to, for, to to address with you last time that I always wanted to talk about, okay, and that is discovering the lost treasure of Captain Kidd. ah oh, yeah! Because that's a really, really cool thing to do. Can you tell me about that? Because that sounds amazing.
2: Um, I can. What? How, what do you want me to say?
1: Everything. Tell me the whole story.
2: Um. So basically, Captain, I was. I got. I got employed by. Um, a mate of mine, because I was absolutely hanging out for work. I was, I was skinned, I didn't have a job at the time. And so a good friend of mine called Aldo Kane, who uh, works in television as a, or he sometimes is on screen, but also he does safety medic type stuff for crews that go to challenging environments. Mm. And so he knew that I was struggling because we're really good mates. And he had a load of work on him. And he was like, mate, I've got all this work on. I could really do with you covering for me on this job out in uh, Madagascar. And I was like, oh, mate, I could really, really do with it. You know, thanks very much. He did the introductions. I then sort of did what I needed to do with regard to all the sort of like signing papers, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I found myself out actually on an island called Île Saint Marie, which is a small island off Madagascar. And it was a TV show that was being filmed for the History Channel. And it was the American History Channel. Mm.
1: It's a ma- and, actually a um, massive channel, to be fair. Massive.
2: Huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. Big, big time. And um, I, so basically, I went out there as the crew's medic and the underwater cameraman's dive buddy. So whenever he was filming stuff underwater, I'd be sat, you know, next to him. Checking his air, doing yeah. all the stuff that he didn't have time to do, which was not a lot.
1: Look after himself, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah, because he's busy filming these basically underwater. We call them underwater archaeologists, and what they were doing—they were diving on uh, ship, you know, shipwreck sites that they had worked out to be old-school pirate shipwrecks. Now, the the job aside, the trip was so interesting because these blokes, they, they were all pretty much American. These blokes were um, experts, and, and when I say experts, they were experts in pirate history, and I, I could sit for hours at the bar listening to what they knew about it. Anyway, they'd marked out all these pirate shipwrecks. They were diving on them, and they were be- gently sifting silt out of the way to reveal timbers and every now and again they'd pick up a bit of you know bone china and everyone would get excited because the last time someone had drunk out of this teacup would have been a pirate blah 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 that is cool which is cool and obviously we were me and me and the guy that was underwater cameraman were privy to all this now that sounds great after three weeks of doing that you start to get a little bit bored of you know seeing a teacup every once in a while or a bit of wood (laughs) And I can remember me and Sam, who was the guy that was the the cameraman, as well, he was actually the SP, the series producer as well. We were sat on the surface with our inflate, uh, buoyancy aids inflated, just chatting about. Okay, we should probably go back down in a minute film a bit more stuff. And as he as he did that, one of the guys came up. The lead guy came up and he was like, "Come up to the surface because he needed to swim to the to the um, shore to recharge his." Uh, cylinders and he said oh definitely i'm sure he goes i'm, I'm positive that's captain Kidd's shipwreck the adventure galley and obviously they they all knew the detail behind every all of it because they'd looked into you know history and worked out where it might be where it was scuttled and all this sort of thing anyway he swam over to sort himself out and me and Sam were like, well, let's go down so we went down and absolutely basically in a nutshell decimated this dive site and in the <laughs> process found found i was rummaging around through this silt, couldn't see anything the visibility is gone because we were kicking everything up and i ended up feeling something cold in the in the in the mud and wrestled with it couldn't really wrestle it properly because it was so heavy sam put the camera down came over we moved it into position on the seabed then he went back to get the camera as i was clearing the you know the, the media area of silt and mud that was floating in the water and as he brought the camera back over, it just cleared to reveal this big lump of something uh, that turned out to be um, the, the largest silver ingot to be found. It had stuff engraved in it, like TS and whatnot. And that since, so yeah, we found that basically. And it was attributed to Captain Kidd's Adventure Galley. There was a big hoo-ha. The um, world media descended upon this small little island and, you know, predominantly the uh, it was the, the The French media mainly, because obviously Madagascar is an ex French colony. Uh, yeah, and it all it all kicked off, and that's that's that that was us finding pirate treasure. We got a bollocking off the guy for uh, <laughs> decimating his dive site, but then he was actually quite happy about the whole situation. Anyway, uh, it has since. I will just because there's going to be people that are like, yeah, I've read otherwise. It has since, by some people, said they said it was a um, a lump of lead, but I have touched it and felt it and rubbed it and it is not lead I'll tell you that for nothing Well you found it for goodness sake I have a exactly, series yeah. I have
1: a series of follow up questions because this is an incredible thing Firstly you say you got a bit of a telling off for for spoiling the dive site but weren't they even more miffed because you found the treasure they were looking for
2: Yeah I think that's pretty much what it was <laughs> like, Well, to be honest with you me when we realised what we'd done me and Sam were like we, we, we obviously we can't talk we're underwater and we were like you could see there was a look of Realisation in both our eyes that ah, what have we done? And we started to panic because the 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 guy who was diving on that area is a bit of a tyrant, and so we basically threw between us this fifty-five kilogram ingot back into this muddy hole that we'd created, and then swam up. And as we're swimming, swimming or surfacing, this guy's going back down past us, giving us the thumbs up as if everything's hunky-dory, and we're like, yeah, yeah, all good uh he, he then came up about i don't know 10 minutes later came got out we were out of the water by this stage. we'd sort of um with de-service de-rigged all our kit and he came over and he's like, i want a word with you two and he sort of that's when he gave us that sort of miniature slaying but uh <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it all worked out for the best in the end the anyway fact is
1: you, you put it back because that was going to be my next question you know technically you found pirate treasure, which is probably yeah. worth a fortune, right? I mean, probably worth a fortune. Isn't it owner's keepers kind of vibe?
2: It isn't like that, no. Basically, UNESCO came in. They they sectioned the whole area off and said it's now protected. Whatever that means, I don't know. Because basically what, what it means is if you abide by the rules, it's protected. If you're a criminal, feel free to come here because it's a place of interest. And you can, yeah, so they don't, it's not like they have armed guards protecting it. But anyway, they turned up, um, basically cordoned the area off, you know, with regard to bureaucracy. And, and that was the end of that. And and you, we, we weren't there to sort of like um, take stuff away from them. The, it, it was given to the nation. Apparently, I don't know, but there's rumor has it, it's a, it's a paperweight, on, paperweight on the president's desk or something stupid like that. <sighs> But um, yeah, there, it was yeah yeah which was super exciting and there's a whole you know all the stories about those pirates because basically that island was used as a, uh, Il Saint Marie was used as a pirate safe haven back in the golden age of the pirates so they all were there it was like there was a little island in the middle of the lagoon called Pirate Island and there was debauched parties would go on there, there was a French pirate called Le Boud who ran it he was like king of the pirates and there was a code of conduct. Like, honestly, this is all stuff I learned from sitting with these guys over a few beers on a desert island, which was an amazing, it was mental, an amazing experience.
1: I absolutely love this. My last question about Captain Kidd, because I'm just, I'm absolutely fascinated, Jason, this is Because cr- you don't meet many people that have discovered pirate treasure, right? Which you must be aware you've done something dangerously cool. Did you yeah. ha- Have you received any sort of pirate curse since this has happened?
2: I haven't, no. It, actually, that job was what led me to get the SAS job. So if anything, <laughs> it's like a blessing, not a curse. Yeah. So, you... so, so far.
1: Well, I mean, you, you should mark it with a pirate tattoo of some description.
2: I've, do you know what? I keep meaning to do that, and I haven't got round to doing it. And now you've said it, I'm going to go and get it done. Brilliant. It's something that I've kept wanting to do get a pirate tattoo, and I've never, I don't know what of yet. I'll well, it's it easy, out.
1: isn't it? Like Captain Kidd must have had some kind of special flag, or so, there, there must be some kind of image that's connected to Captain Kidd, right? So, surely you've got to get a connection, like in your tattoo somehow.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I'll work it out because he got a kid got hung not far from where I I live in Clapham. He got hung in whopping. That's nice. Huh? Maybe, 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 maybe I could get a tattoo of the noose. I don't
1: know. Oh, that's. I mean, that's a bit dark.
2: <laughs> maybe that's a bit too dark. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'll I apologise to the listeners. Going, <laughs> you could, going into a weird place.
1: I mean, of all the pirate things, you go with a noose. I mean, there's so many choices you could have. That's. That I think that probably says something about you. I'm not a psychoanalyst, but you know, going down the well, noose. No,
2: yeah, I suppose. I see what you're saying. Actually. That was yeah. I've let myself down again.
1: There, anyway. <laughs> it's, it's another one. We've stacked it, but it's yeah. all good because the end. The end result is you're going to get an absolutely awesome tattoo out of it. You know, you didn't get the multi millions that I imagine that piece of silver was worth. Nah. But there you
2: are. Nah. I reckon if I'd have if I'd have profiteered from that in. A financial way, that's probably where the curse kicks in. Yeah, do you know what I mean?
1: True, true, true. Were you not tempted to go like straight back there and start looking for other bits? Because you know exactly where it is.
2: (laughs) It's funny you should say that because um, there's always been a few of us cooking up ideas about how to go back. I mean, we haven't. I mean, if I'm honest, if anyone could do it, me and a few mates probably could. Yeah. We've not. No, but we have we have looked in depth into the logistics and what it would take to go back and do a bit of bit of looting.
1: <laughs> and you see that leads us to a new show where we get to recall the name Foxy's diamonds and they have a different twist.
2: <laughs> there we go, and then I'm getting arrested.
1: <laughs> they, well, not necessarily. but like what would you do though, if like if you did, activate that which like you say you've got the skill set you've got the friends you've got the knowledge you know where it is and you've actually done it before right so let's let's say you did put two and two together and actually you know got on with it which i think you should do and you and you did find genuine bona fide a pirate treasure that you could you could prove you had found and was yours and you were allowed to keep for whatever reason so it's worth millions what do you do do you keep it or do you cash in and if you cash in bearing in mind it's going to be millions. What are you spending it on?
2: Do I cash it in? I mean, what good is it? What good is it not cashed in? Or is it just about having that piece of whatever it is in the house as as, as a talking point? I think I'd rather not cash it in because then I've got to go down the hole. What are you going to spend it on? I'd rather have whatever (laughs) it is in a room and it gets dragged out when I'm struggling for conversation. And then I can use that as a piece (laughs) to chat about.
1: Like an Olympic gold medal. That people keep yeah. in their drawers, but then it's like, oh, you you might as well see the medal now. We're having we're having a bit of a lull in the conversation.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah. Precisely. Put out a uh, roll out a massive cannon that got dragged up from the bottom of the seabed.
1: Yeah, this was this was purple beards, and I can prove it. <laughs> it's worth yeah. six million, but I'm not cashing it in because I want to have a good chat with you.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. This is all, this is all, I've done this for you. I could be a multi-millionaire, but I'm not. a mere chat <laughs> you. There we go. Yeah, well, also,
1: <laughs> what sort of house guests do you have that you, you have a lulling conversation over? <laughs>
2: this is brilliant. I <laughs> know, yeah, good point. <laughs> just,
1: <laughs> just got like a, like, anyone's welcome. Just show up for a chat with Foxy. But if it gets boring, he'll bring out his pirate stuff. Watch out.
2: Yeah, if, if I start pulling out props, it means you're, uh, you've failed in the chat. Um, chat realms in the realms of chat even
1: I find it hard to believe that you would ever be a loose end for conversations, the things you've seen and done, and the people that you hang out with, you're always going to be able to pull out a tail, aren't you?
2: Well I hope so, but we always, we, we always dry up sometimes don't we? you know when it's like when someone says, oh tell us a joke you've probably got thousands of jokes but you never manage to drag one out when actually the pressure's on Why
1: was the sand wet?
2: I don't know why there's a sound word. Because the Weed, seaweed, yeah. God. It's, the, oh, it's, that it's all I can bear, do. That.
1: It's all I can do under pressure.
2: That is, that is a dad joke. Well,
1: I'm a dad. i got well three, I got three lads. I'm allowed to.
2: Well done. <laughs> yeah. Well done. That was good.
1: That, you can have that one. I mean, I imagine Rob's was slightly more on point than that, but, you know, it's it's a start, yeah. isn't it? But you're so right. No, there are times when you just kind of go a bit dry and and, and that's life. Yeah. I have to ask you as well, because of because of all the sort of, because, I mean, let's be fair, you've done hostage rescues, you've done counter-terrorism, you've been protective so- security, you've done counter-narcotics missions. I mean, you've been there, done that, lived it. Have you, got, have you got sort of superstitions in your life? Have you got certain things that you have to go to? I mean, you talk, we talked earlier about how if you've got to jump out into the darkness, you don't want that awareness of it. You don't want to know it's coming. But even on short notice, there must be certain things that you don't leave the house without doing mentally or physically
2: not particularly i will tell i will say that i don't know whether i've mentioned this to you before but i've got a real thing about leaving the house in unironed clothes i can't do it really i have to yeah I, even if they don't look too bad i've still got to run an iron over them it's a it's a real thing and i've got to have a decent iron as well
1: now that must is that military that surely wasn't like a little, it must little foxy, you weren't like eight years old going, hang on a sec, mum, can you just give this
2: a press? A hundred percent I wasn't like that. Eight, eh? <laughs> I wasn't like that at 15, so it must have been a military thing. It would have definitely been instilled into me. And so it's just become this thing. But the weird thing is that I've got mates that are ex-military or still in. They're not like that. So I'm like, why have I been cursed with this Got a lion fetish? Yeah, that's, anyway, that it is, is what it odd. Is.
1: That is really... I mean, how much are we talking As in just the shirt, or are you are you pressing trousers? Are you ironing underwear? What I mean, how, where does it stop?
2: Uh, does it, it doesn't go as far as underwear, but it's everything. Trousers, T-shirts. Sometimes, if shorts are a bit too creased, they've got to get it as well. Like. Um, yeah. Is this because... Shirts, obviously.
1: <laughs> and T-shirts as well, presumably.
2: Yeah, T-shirts, 100%. They're They're probably the most ironed thing in the house. Because I like a crisp t-shirt.
1: <laughs> they are. Let's be fair; they're pretty tight on you. I've not seen you in a sort of rapper's baggy t-shirt before. You're, the gun show is uh, ever prevalent,
2: isn't it? That's, I live my life by a motto: tight is right, loose is no use. <laughs> You'll go far if you carry that. You go far if you carry that through life.
1: <laughs> tight is right, loose is no use.
2: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the connotations on that one!
2: <laughs> All <right>. I know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. I feel like you know. I mean, do you do you still drink, Jason, or have you have you given up the booze altogether?
2: Um, I haven't given up, but I don't drink that much now. I've actually gone through a period of so. I um after the last, uh, you know, the last lockdown we had, yeah, um, that one at the end of the year, which was particularly grim because the weather was yeah we, we all know yeah. i um and christmas is about i i actually drank quite a bit not in a not you know in a way that was a, an issue but i drank a bit i got a little bit sort of out of routine and i felt pretty rough after new year and i was like Do you know what i'm actually i think i'm done with this And I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to say I'm not drinking, I'm banning myself. But I said, right, I'm not, I'm just not going to drink. I'm not going to sort of look at it. And I've done about, well, since then, since January, I haven't really grown up. You know, I went to a wedding a couple of weekends ago. I drank there, but again, didn't have that much. And I was drinking water in between. And I'm, I'm, I feel all the better for it. And I've got myself into a really good, if you want to talk about sort of like superstitions and that, it's not superstition, but I've got routines and structure that, different to what I used to do back in the day
1: okay so what I mean primarily just avoiding the booze and drinking a bit better
2: primarily primarily avoiding the booze I'm admittedly I am going to go this evening to meet some friends and play darts at a place called flight club and I'll probably have a cup of beers there
1: (laughs) but you're not supposed to talk about that presumably
2: not talk about what
1: first rule of flight club
2: no 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 is it that's Club. I know (laughs) I know I know I know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, no, but Now you're making me worried that there is a rule around fl- flight club. There should be. Where they've copied fight club. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: There should be if there's uh, not. No. Yeah, that was,
2: yeah. <laughs> but no, I think the the structure and the routine is, you know, I'm, I'm up actually quite early in the morning, immediately have a cold shower. Oh,
1: come um, on. You're one of these Wim Hof lot, are you?
2: I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I've been, I interviewed him on my podcast a, a, a while ago and I, I mean, the bloke is absolutely bonkers. He shouts at you. He shouted at me throughout the entire interview. Yeah, like every question I asked, he would shout the response, which is unnerving to begin with, but you sort of get used to it. Okay. But, um, it's probably because he's, no, he's still, right, he's still
1: shocked. The whole every, His entire life, he's in shock from that cold yeah,
2: rush. exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. But um, no, there was a few things I took from that. And then I spoke to a mate of mine that, doing it and I was like oh, I'm going to give it a go and yeah I, I became addicted to it It has changed me as in I've got a lot from it.
1: You see I really struggle hearing that Jason because the trouble is that it's something that we can all do quite easily giving up the booze and so on that, yeah. that's something we all have it within us but a lot of people will, will not be kind of fond on that but getting in a shower in the morning mm. which most of us should do and turning it from mm. hot to cold it's kind of easy it's, it's what you have to get go- I, yeah. I, I just can't bring myself to do it
2: because I'm it's, lazy you know it's hard nah nah you're not lazy you just you know you just if we always want the, the comfortable option and on the so when I first started doing it I'd, I'd start with a normal temperature shower and then I'd ease into it and just turn it a little bit cooler and you know you ease into it but now I just it's straight to cold straight in and I I don't really mind it I enjoy, I actually enjoy it and if I don't I you know on the odd occasion I'll be like oh, I'll have a warm shower today and I feel like I've cheated and I have to get back <laughs> in and have a cold shower I feel like I've cheated myself
1: that's fair enough how long are these cold showers <laughs> lasting though because I, I get the sense that'd be like 20 seconds yeah I'm done don't need to shampoo today we're all right
2: uh two two minutes three minutes three minutes tops but you're you're you, it, incre- it decreases your getting ready time. It's great if you're in a rush.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What well, gives you more time for ironing, which is the best thing about it. Exactly. Eh? To get your nice tight shirts. I mean, come on, what's the actual benefit? What's the, What have you really genuinely felt? Because I know Wim says all kinds of stuff, but there's a lot of people that don't necessarily stand up to that when they say they've had a cold shower.
2: So I, have, so I have one in the morning immediately when I get up, and I also have one immediately just before I get into bed. And the one in the morning wakes me up, and weirdly, the one in the evening sends me off big time that is crazy so the, i do feel invigor, invigorated in the morning but the the, the, the night come on i think because you've been hot and sweaty through the day so it's, i feel clean but then once you're getting into mega weird detail but once you've dried off and you get into your bed you feel cozy do you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah because everything's and warm you, once you've been in a cold shower
2: yeah yeah and it it gets I'm just in a better place for sleep. And I used to struggle with my sleep. And I think some of that is to do with my ex-military days and, you know, PTSD probably has an impact on it. And I really did have issues with sleep and, and broken sleep. And, and this is honestly, it's been a game changer massively. I should try it then. It's worth a try. It does take a bit of doing. I'll get, you know, I didn't find it easy. Don't, you know, I didn't just, Weirdly, you know, i spent most of my life in cold water because of the job I used to do. And yet having a cold shower is hard work. But once you once you go past the point of no return, whatever that is, we're all individuals. So it'll be a different time for everyone. But once you're through it, it's, it's all right now.
1: Three weeks, I think, is the thing for me. Uh, two or three times, that's this, still a gimmick. But if you're still doing it after three weeks, I reckon that becomes a habit. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't just even the thought of it gives me chills. All right, so that's part of the new routine. So we got the we got the cold showers in the morning and at night, that's a twist. Lack of yeah. lack of booze, massively cut back. What else is what else is in the routine?
2: Training. I'm religious with training. I make sure that I've got no excuses. There's always an excuse, but just get rid of it. You can always find um time to do it. You could even do like a pyramid of press ups in a very small space in a very short period of time, that's still a bit of exercise. Gets the endorphins going. It makes you feel better about yourself and it gets you into a really good headspace. Crikey.
1: Yeah. All right. That's me told.
2: Oh. No, I'm just, no, no. I'm just, I was telling myself, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, if, if anyone's listening and wishes me to tell them something, that's always a good thing. These are Even useful. If it's just, They're good takeaways. You could, you, could, you could stand up in a metre square and do squat jumps. And that gets you know that's firing quite a big muscle, quite a big muscle group in the body. That in in turn has a massive effect on the rest of your body. Yeah, fair toes, man. A, a good thing. I like it.
1: I like it. Look, I know we're short on time. What's what's next for you? Because obviously, Fearless Forty Eight has been fantastic, and there's one to go on on UK telly. Or, of course, you got all four for the catching up of those two brilliant episodes. But what's next? Yeah. You must have. You must have plans.
2: What What's next is the next bout. Of filming for SAS, which is well, I go away next week. Wow,
1: that's that's come around quick.
2: It hasn't. It hasn't. It feels like it has, but it's it's been over a year now because we normally go a bit earlier. Okay, um, as in like this month, September time. Whereas now we're leaving beginning of October. So it's only yeah, it's about a year. Do
1: you know what? I reckon it's the pandemic. I've lost I've lost track of time. Everything feels ages ago and, and yesterday
2: do you know what time is irrelevant because of the pandemic and everything before the pandemic seems like a decade ago doesn't it yeah yeah
1: it really does for me it
2: does um even when i'm thinking back to like february or march 2020 you know as as things were gradually starting to change considerably actually that just seems like a lifetime ago yeah
1: yeah, well, the world was different, and, and some people can't quite get their heads mm. around that. We were all different,
2: and we've all been changed by yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's been a massive thing, a huge thing.
1: Crazy times, man. Well, let's, let's hope we don't ever experience anything like that again in our lifetime, because that just would not be fun. I hope not. No. Um, I've really enjoyed our chat. Once again, you're, you're really good <laughs> company. Thank you very much.
2: Like, Likewise. You're a great interviewer, Andy. I enjoy it. Oh, bless you.
1: Thank you very much. Well, look, I mean, I used <laughs> I used to live in Clapham. So if you ever fancy having a non-drink drink, let me know, because uh, I'm in
2: town. Oh, can, I, I, can I can always, you know, I can always pull out the stops. You and- see, I can't. I, have, I, have one. I
1: haven't had a real drink for three years.
2: Have you not? No. Oh, right. We'll have a non-drink drink then. I'm more than happy with that. Sorry, I thought you meant, if, you know, that you were up for having a, a drink, drink I would but I no, would be if my, I mom, could handle
1: it but I, I'm too scared now
2: yeah I think that's where I'm getting to now though I'm, all, I'm actually you know when someone says oh let's go and have a drink I'm actually scared of having a good look at it yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it frightens me to be fair I'm like the hangover is what I'm afraid of now not being drunk I love being drunk but mm-hmm. no the hangover no no I'm yeah
2: really it's, it is definitely it, that's it isn't it it's that feeling afterwards that is more daunting yeah I just, I just can't be bothered with it anymore. It's just too, it it has too much of an impact now. Back in the day it was right because you were young and you bounced back from it quick, whereas now it's just like a, it's a prolonged flogging.
1: I know it would floor me for about three or four days, a proper, like if I properly got on it now, I just, it Mm. would be so much recovery time. It's not, I can't think it would be worth it. No. Because the other thing is, I'd it's, then love it. Yeah. I'd love being drunk again. And then I'd be, be, be like, oh, I'd better do that again. Then. And then it's, I'm just constantly hungover. No. Where's the fun in that? I, th-
2: I think those long hangovers are, are its nature's way of, helping you with your finances.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you know what yeah.
1: I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean you say that. Thankfully, I know someone who I'm getting to know quite well now, who knows where there's some pirate treasure, and he just so happens <laughs> to have the skills to go and get it. So that'll sort me right out.
2: Yeah, no we'll find a load of Four hundred year old rum at the bottom of the ocean.
1: (laughs) Now that I would try delve
2: delve into. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That
1: I would try. I nearly bought a car at the weekend, which was a barn find discovered from 1976, Mm. and it had some 1976 year old cognac and cigarettes in it. Ooh!
2: Did you know? Did you know that the pirates they used to be able to if if they were running out of rum, the skipper's would start panicking, the (laughs)
0: captain,
2: because. They, there was a song called Rums Out. Do you want me? To, I've got the lyrics to it. Do you want me to yeah, quickly yeah, um, yeah, bring it of up? Of course. Hang on. Of course. This, this, is obvi- this is obviously from the, um, the guys themselves that, uh, I w- that I was with. You know, so out the, in, um, the, the professionals.
1: The, the guys who know have talked. The professionals.
2: Them. This was something they found it. It was written down. And it was, by a, it was, it was sung by a captain called Bartholomew Roberts, Bart Roberts. And it goes Rums Out, Rogues Applauding. Much talk of separation, look sharp for a prize, found one. Much rum aboard, all went well again. That is the rhyme that they used to sing. So basically, rum's out, rogues applauding. Much talk of separation is obviously, you know, mutiny. Mutiny. Yeah, we're here for the booze. Everyone's looking sharp for a prize, found one, much rum aboard, all went well again. Love that. That's brilliant.
1: (laughs) That's brilliant. There's a mantra for life. Yeah,
2: there we go. And
1: another possible possible tattoo option for you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Anyway,
2: I dig- I digress. Oh, <laughs> I love a
1: digression. It's all part of the fun, isn't it? Um, Jason, what yeah. a pleasure. I have I've, I've really, genuinely, really enjoy our conversations. I think they're great.
2: Yeah, likewise. Cheers, mate. Happy
1: days, man. Listen, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy Flight Club, but don't tell anyone about <laughs>
2: it. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> all
1: right. Catch up soon, I hope, man. That was brilliant.
2: Yeah. Yeah, cheers, mate. See
1: in a bit. Take it easy. Bye bye. Bye bye bye. The Andy J podcast. Thank you so much to Jason. What a top man. Oh, I always enjoy chatting with Foxy, and I'm, I'm sure it will happen again in the very near future. Thank you to you for listening. Don't forget, next week it's Joe Wicks. And I can also share that we have some unbelievable stars lined up for this pod in the next few weeks. So if you haven't told your friends, if you're not a subscriber or a follower, depending on the platform you use, well, let's change that, shall we? Tell everyone there's some really awesome guests coming up. And if you haven't dipped in our back catalogue yet, then please do. There are so many conversations waiting for you. I really hope you'll indulge yourself. Thank you very much for your company today. Have a brilliant week and make make someone smile. I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Andy J Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.